You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, episode 72 with Dr. Roshana Novellas. You're listening to the Trailblazers Podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hello and welcome, Blazer Nation, to this episode of the Trailblazers Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Hart. Our featured guest today is Dr. Roshana Novellas. She's co-founder of Bootstrap Capital. She's the host of the Startup Funding Podcast. She recently created the Enrich Her Business Conference. She's an author, an angel investor, and so much more. And as I soon learned in this conversation, she's truly a a passionate professional who's focused on helping business owners and entrepreneurs, especially women. And she's helping them to position themselves to win and to be able to attract funding. And so in today's conversation, we talked a little bit about what's driving her today. We chatted about her book and the mindset around finances and budgeting. We spoke about how she gets past the fear of being able to start all these new initiatives and business ventures. And we talked about her podcast and then this new business conference that she's developed and the mission behind these new platforms and how they all tie in to her overall mission and purpose. And so, you know, before we get into my conversation with Dr. Novellas, I wanted to share a personal story with you. So the week that this call was being recorded was a week that my wife was away for work. And given that the episode was scheduled to be recorded at 9 p.m., certain that this super dad would be able to get both kids down before the call. And my daughter had just finished soccer practice and she went down, no problem. But the little man (laughs) fought me tooth and nail, you know, and, you know, I had to literally beg him about five minutes before the call was, was to be recorded to start, you know, I begged him to just go to sleep and just stay in bed. You know, I ran down, hopped into the interview, but I was convinced the entire time that I was talking that I'd have two little feet walk into the room and come up alongside me and join this conversation. And so I apologize for sounding flustered in parts of the call. I also felt like I pushed the pace of the call for this reason too. Luckily, Dr. Novellas was a pro. She did an amazing job of sharing her wisdom and and just providing inspiration throughout this call. So without further delay, let's go ahead and jump in and get set to receive today's mission fuel from our featured trailblazer, Dr. Roshana Novellas. Enjoy. Dr. Novellas, welcome and thank you for being our guest on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. So listen, you're a young trailblazer and you've got so much happening, so much ties back to the world of finance. Um, I heard, you know, or, or read somewhere uh, in in reading up on you that your mom actually began bringing you to investment clubs 
when you're like 12 years old. Could you tell me a little yeah, bit about that? Yeah, she did. She told me that all women need to know how to manage money. And my mother was a teacher and she started taking me with her to her investment club meetings at her school. And so by the time I was 18, I knew how to manage a portfolio. And by the time I had my first job, I was going to all of the closings of my coworkers when they were purchasing their first home. Right. So I felt really confident in that whole journey from an early age. And that really helped me a lot. So you've, you've got three degrees. Four. Four. <laughs> yes. So I was actually on your LinkedIn <laughs> taking a peek at your profile, right? And I saw you've got a wide span of focus areas, right? You have a BA in computer engineering and economics. You did IT for your master's and your doctorate in systems engineering and finance. What was I missing? No, that's everything. That's, that's right. everything. That's four. It kind of sounds like five, but it's actually four <laughs> different degrees. Right. I've always loved both the engineering and the finance side, but what most people don't realize is that they're both just math. So math was always my favorite subject, and you're just applying math to solve different kinds of problems. So bring me back, right? Was it was it mom? Was it your parents that instilled the importance of education at an early age? I've always known that education was important. And I was just a little competitive as a child. So in third grade, we had those competitions on who could solve the most multiplication problems mm. in a minute. And I always wanted to win. Nice. So so that just started off the whole journey. And I, I just loved it so much. I took extra math classes from an early age. I love calculus. I love multivariate analysis. It just math makes me feel like the world makes sense. So it's always been my favorite subject. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me because I'm looking at, you know, the, the competitive nature probably led to you having the need to keep it going, right? And have so yeah. many different engines going. You're podcasting, you're speaking, you're running your own business, nonprofit, authoring books, and so much more. And I'm like, wow, this girl is on fire. We'll go into depth a little bit on some of your initiatives here in a minute, but Again, clearly you're on a mission, right? What is driving you today? I really want to help as many entrepreneurs as I can actualize their dreams. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't have access to networks, education, or just people in the know. And luckily, because I'm so driven and because I'm kind of courageous, I have been lucky enough to meet all these people that make things happen. But I have realized that a lot of other people don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's my mission to help be the catalyst to help entrepreneurs be successful. So that's what drives me. That's what kind of mark I want to leave in the world. So you have the drive and ambition and the smarts. What would you say is your greatest superpower <laughs> in all of that? Well, so my flair is my smile. So <laughs> whenever I get nervous, I just start smiling. <laughs> then people usually will talk to me. So that is my superpower to know when to just smile to get what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Yeah. So what what fueled the, the the author in you, right? You you wrote a book, budgeting is more liberation than limitation, right? And you talk about mindset when dealing with finances, right? What fueled some of that? Well, a lot of people think 
about the word budgeting as if it's a bad word. They're like, no, scary budget. That means I can't do whatever I want. But actually, if people make decisions in alignment with their goals and expectations, they Mm -hmm. actually live a freer life. So one of my close friends, um, after she finished her MBA, she was like, I don't want any of this school loan debt. Like I need to squash it immediately. So she decided to take a non-traditional path and join the Navy because they were paying off student loans and, you know, four years of service. And she said, after that, I can travel the world. I can live in Hawaii and the beach. I can do whatever I want and not feel the need to to only work in high paying jobs. So a lot of people won't have that conversation with themselves to figure out what kind of life do I want? Is it worth it? And we'll, and make decisions based on that. So the goal of the book is just to help people say, hey, it's my choice to figure out what I want to do, what's important, and make the financial decisions based on that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said this before on the podcast, but I feel especially within the Black culture, right? You know, we've mm-hmm. got this mindset to show our net worth. And, yes. you know, there's a, a desire to show the bling and the biggest house and the nicest cars and the name brand, everything, right? What's the advice you'd give to our listeners about money and about that mindset, right? Where, because I feel like you probably share the same mindset, right? It's not like you're saying you can't have anything, right? Right. But it's a moderation play and it's playing the long game. Right. And it's what makes you happiest. Are you happier with a $4,000 purse? Are you happier going to Thailand for six weeks? Because mm. they cost the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what what do you want to do? And a lot of people don't think about, like you said, the long-term gain, what makes them feel the most fulfilled. Because a lot of times when we just buy things that are expensive, we don't even care. Like we just want to buy something else. We'll put that in our closet or wherever and forget we even have it. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of times we try to impress the someone Joneses, else right? who doesn't yeah. like us yep. from the beginning. Yep. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. So. And that's sad, you know, I mean, I, I just feel a sense of frustration sometimes looking at, you know, other friends, right. Who I know are, it's impossible for Friends of mine to be saving for their retirement. I'm in a phase of life right now where, you know, I just turned 40. My wife and I are both crushing it work-wise. We're saving aggressively as much as we can, but we're dropping a couple grand in daycare every month, right? right? And so, you know, we know people in our same timeline in life with kids can't possibly be doing more than X, right? Yet, you know, it's like, People are saying, all right, let's put off saving for retirement for another day. And it it worries me that, you know, people aren't adequately saving and would rather buy that bigger home or, you know, just spend without thinking of that, you know, long-term play. Yeah, I know a lot about people's finances. A lot of people pretty much tell me everything. So I remember one client was making about half a million dollars a year and owed maybe, let's say, $10,000 in taxes and couldn't write the check. And I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) I had to do a payment plan. And I'm like, you don't have that much. And you make half a million dollars a year. Like, what's going on? What are you doing with all your money? And the mindset can be if you're making half a million, or making 30,000 it just are you living below your means do you know what your goals are and are you thinking long term and it like I said and like you said it doesn't mean you can't have nice things like I 
for whatever reason, love Range Rovers, right? I just <laughs> love them. And I said, one day I'll have one, but I have to put down 50% mm-hmm. and I have to reach all these other financial goals first. And I finally reached those financial goals and I saved up half to put down, even though a lot of people don't believe in putting money down on cars, but I don't believe in having a car payment that's over $400. So the only way to get a Range Rover with a car though that's in the $300 range is to to put a lot down. And I was able to do that. So I have this nice vehicle, but I did it in alignment with my own principles of finance and And saving and waiting and all that. Yeah. Well, congrats to you on your Range Rover. <laughs> so in December, you added podcast to the list, the many list of titles that you have, and you launched your podcast, Startup Funding, and congrats to you on that. And Startup Funding, for those listening, is Dr. Novellis is helping business owners get ready to attract funding, right? What fueled that desire to start a podcast? Well, for years, I was going to angel investor meetings and talking to entrepreneurs about what they need to do to receive investor capital. And I realized most people don't know anything about how this space works. Mm -hmm. And the traditional education environment doesn't teach entrepreneurs how to attract funding. So in this period of time, I befriended a lot of VCs Mm -hmm. and people who run funds. And I met a lot of entrepreneurs who had seed rounds and series A rounds. So I said, well, why don't I share their advice with the world? So that was my inspiration. So you're talking to them on the podcast, you're bringing on the venture capitalists, the angel investors, and having them share their wisdom and knowledge. Right. So one of my favorite episodes, one of my friends, he pitched his company over 700 times. Wow. <laughs> before 700 he was able times. to raise the $1.5 million he needed to uh, fund the seed round of his company. And every time I say that number, it's like, oh my gosh, 700 times. Yeah. And he, I was like, how could you stand that much rejection? But he said he knew his idea was worth it. And he later sold his company for multiples of millions of dollars. And he was very successful. But he went through this grueling rejection cycle because he believed in his idea. Right. So a lot of people feel that if the first investor you speak to says no, that's it. And so I wanted to share stories like that to my audience. Wow. You have me ready to hit subscribe here. (laughs) Check this out. So, you know, this is great. You know, I encourage those of you who are looking to have a startup, right? And attract funding. You absolutely want to go ahead and subscribe to startup funding. You know, I feel like you have so many things that are happening and you keep pushing the envelope, right? I feel like... I'm, what, 70-something episodes into this podcast right now. I'm just getting to the point where things are starting to sink. I'm feeling comfortable. I'm getting in a flow, right? And before then, I just always had something stressing me, be it kids or, you know, the podcast with a, with audio and getting that right and, and all this. How do you get past the fear of starting something new and allowing yourself to get to the point where everything begins to flow? It's just courage. And I think I like starting new projects. I'm one of those people who have, it's more difficult to keep having the same (laughs) projects on the plate. So I love like taking on new challenges and new tasks because I just see that, think that there's so much opportunity out there. It's easy for me to start new things. I know, you know, things don't always 
go the way you have them planned, right? You, you, you're running Most of the time. No, Novellus <laughs> Financial, you've started a, a nonprofit, and you've done so many different initiatives and projects, right? Share with me a time where things didn't go the way you'd planned. You hit a roadblock, you, you had a, a, you know, a clear roadblock. Talk to me about that and tell me you know, what happened and, and how you kind of overcame that. Well, I'll talk about when I transferred from full-time corporate world to full-time entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So everyone told me, hey, make sure you have a contract in place before you quit your job so you have that revenue coming in the door. So I had this contract in place with my prior company. They said, all you have to do is quit and you have this year contract. I negotiate the rate. Everything was signed. But there was a caveat in my contract that it was only a force as long as they couldn't find anyone else who could do the job that I was doing. And I didn't really realize that. So I quit the job. Two someone. weeks into being an entrepreneur, they said, oh, we just hired someone new. Thanks. And I'm like, wait, what? Wow. <laughs> so it was really hard because I had it all planned out for this first year. You know, there's right. no change in my income. It'll be great. And I'm working half the time and all of this. So it's perfect. I'll have some ramp up time. But at that point, I had to adjust quickly, create a new plan and figure out what I was going to do. So it taught me a lot about the balance between planning and the balance between being flexible with what life brings you. So I do believe that we always have to have a plan, Mm -hmm. but we can't get too attached to a plan that falls apart at the same time because it's a waste of time to do that. You just have to make something happen push forward humans planning god laughs <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i tell you that's that's crazy did some of that fuel your mindset to always diversify and have you know many different things happening i mean you have novellus financial and you have all these other things that you're tipping your toe into right Yeah, diversification is important, but it's also important to make sure everything that you do is in alignment Mm -hmm. with each other. So I realized last year I was doing too much. So everything that I'm doing now has the same focus to help entrepreneurs be successful. So whether it's a podcast or my Richard series, everything has the same goal. And that makes it much easier for me to carry out my tasks. So Be careful not to overcommit. I did have to let go of some of my board positions because I was wearing myself too thin. Mm. And that doesn't make anybody happy. So there is a range of what one person can do. And it's very important to listen to that. I'm right there with you. And I've had to do similar recently. Trying to be the Jamaican I am and, and have three and four different things happening all at once was not the smartest. So, you know, most recently you started and you just touched on Enrich Her Business Conference, right? This was the first one that happened in April? Yes, it was the first one. And the goal was to expose women-led businesses to education on access to capital, networking, and resources. And it was fantastic. We had 
several awesome speakers and 200 over 250 people wow. participated and it was just it was just fantastic so i'm really excited and several people from different cities have contacted me about rolling out enricher to their city so i'm planning that out now and uh, i look forward to what happens next <laughs> So how how are you connecting the dots and all this? I mean, I can understand where startup funding and enricher, you know, would connect, but it all comes back to you wanting to help entrepreneurs and and young business owners, right? Right, right. So even on the podcast, so I pick the top 30 entrepreneurs to showcase on the podcast. So actually, I release a podcast every single day during Women's History Month in, wow. in uh, March, wow. featuring one of these awesome entrepreneurs. And when they emailed me and told me, hey, I, res- I got this many clients from being on your show or this much in new business, it made me feel like I was doing something to help them. Mm-hmm. So everything really worked together. Awesome. And so, yeah, that is the goal. That is a point. If I can see those kind of metrics happening from what I'm doing, then I know I'm on the right path. Listen, what are your goals for Enrich Her going forward, right? I know you mentioned, well, you know, potentially yes. um, growing it into different cities. I, I'm excited for you right now. I mean, this this is, <laughs> listen, everyone listening, you need to listen to this young lady and, and mark this episode because I'm excited to hear where you're going to be in like five or 10 years from now. Right. So I had, because of the feedback, I'm like, let's make this even bigger. Mm. So I just created a framework for regulation crowdfunding portal to help fund women-led businesses. And I submitted my idea to several pitch competitions. And I have my first one to present this idea actually this week. And so people love this idea. So I'm, I'm constantly having these ideas on how to push the envelope further to help more and more people. Mm -hmm. So we'll see, like you said, in the next five to 10 years, what happens. But my goal is to help as many people as possible. So it's one thing to help them with connections and education, but the real objective is to help them with access to capital. So I'm hoping that... It's huge for women, right? I mean, (laughs) the the, the statistics on especially black women, but women in general, women entrepreneurs don't get nearly the amount of funding that male-run startups actually receive. And the numbers are startling. Yeah, less less than 8% of venture-backed companies have one woman on the founding team. Not all women, just one. Mm -hmm. And then the number drops to 1% when you're looking at women of color. So there you have it. That's just crazy. So, you know, you're trying to do your part in that to help them. What do you think is the biggest barrier to them receiving funding? Is it a lack of knowledge? Investors invest in people who they know and trust. Everyone does that. They hang out with people they know and trust. So if you don't have a lot of similarities or things in common with the investors, they're probably not going to invest in you. Most of those investors are men. Right. Older men. Older. (laughs) From certain communities. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> you don't have a lot in common with them, they're not going to invest in you. Right. And because of regulations, most people only accept accredited investors because the amount of due diligence and compliance is much easier if you only accept accredited investors versus non-accredited investors. But most people of color or most people do not have a lot of affluent people around them that can write these large checks. So because most people would have the non-accredited investors, they're just kind of eliminated from the scenario completely because, you know, the system is set up so that, you know, the accredited investor has an easier way to invest in companies. So it's the whole system in place and access and the whole tradition. So there's a lot of issues there. But at the same time, there are a lot of deserving founders of color and women out there. So we have to do something to make it easier for these groups to receive funding. Right. Listen, I applaud you. I commend you on choosing to wear so many different hats and for this mission and this purpose that's driving you. It's awesome to to hear you, you know, push toward that. And I'm excited to see where this carries you. And I thank you for taking the time to, you know, share your journey with our listeners. You know, before you go, we love to tap into some of the resources of our listener. And I'm curious to know, and I, I have no idea how you'd find time to still read, but are you a reader? Do you find time to consume new content from books? I actually love to read, although I read a lot less now than right. I used to. I used to read a book every single day when I was wow. younger. Like I was in this contest, how many books, you know, I could read and I would like bait my friends to read more books. But now I read a lot of entrepreneurship, inspiration right. kind of books. Like I love Leap of Strength and just a lot of uh, biographies on self-made entrepreneurs. So mm. when I get the time, I try to read a pair and so I can get inspired is there, <laughs> to keep on going. <laughs> is there a title you'd want to share with our listeners that they might want to go pick up at the library or a Barnes & Noble? I still like Leap of Strength. That's of strength. one of the books I look at frequently. And of course, all of the traditional startup books are, are great, but whatever book keeps you inspired. And then I love reading books about yoga and karma and all of that, because those books are all about mindset and being in the present moment. Right. So a lot of times, especially as type A people, we get into this, I'll be happy when syndrome. And you could tell from my resume that I keep trying to do new things. So I have that issue where... <laughs> I'm like, I won't be happy until I accomplish this, you know, X more things. And so reading about being mindful and staying in the present moment and karma, like really, really helps me breathe easier and stay on the path without getting caught up in comparing myself to other people or the results and, and all of that. So that's one of my <laughs> so, you know, I, I agree with that. And I think all entrepreneurs face that issue of the shiny object syndrome. What I will carry home, my takeaway from listening to you is that it's not just every new thing that is drawing you to it without 
it tying back to your goals and your purpose and your mission, right? Right. Um, so I, I've noticed that everything, you know, all the dots connect back to your higher vision for where you see yourself in the long term. And, and so, you know, that's, that's awesome. Before we wrap up, uh, you know, our last question, you know, we love to invite our guest to share one action that our trailblazers jumping off this call should put into action this week to help them blaze their trail. Okay. I encourage every person to think about where they want to be in 10 years and write a full story about their life, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And then figure out the one thing that they can do right now to make that dream a reality. Love it. Love it. I've actually been doing a little bit of that probably about two months ago where my coach actually had me think out 25 years. Wow. As to what basically my end game, you know, like what would be my legacy to our kids and bring it back from that 25-year vision out to 10-year goals and then five-year goals and then incremental one-year goals from there. But I love that. Exactly. exactly. Love that. Love that. And for everyone listening, you absolutely need to have that long-term vision on who you envision yourself being, you know, in that long game and then beginning to work towards hitting those goals. I've been experiencing great success doing just that. I love that you you shared that. I really enjoyed this conversation. I could continue talking to you for a good bit more, but I'm grateful again for your time. And thank you so much for being on with us and, and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tdpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content, and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, your colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers. Cheers.